Today's episode of That Song from That Movie is coming up after this. I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam, the provocateur. And we are the Spy Hards Podcast. Together we go deep undercover into the world of spy movies to decode the best and worst of spy cinema. Will the film make the knock list? Well, Cam, what is the knock list? The knock list is the need to see official classics of the Spy Hearts podcast. We are curating the ultimate list of spy films. And so we're going to bounce all over the place from James Bond to Jason Bourne to who knows what and determine whether they belong in the pantheon of all time great spy films. That's right. So join us every Tuesday on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Spy Hearts. That's S-P-Y-H-A-R-D-S. But until then, listeners, good luck. Among the Shadows. To quote the rap legend Jay-Z, I've got 101 problems and a Dalmatian ain't one. Except of course, that is exactly the problem on today's episode of that song from that movie. Are you ready, kids? I can't hear you. I was expecting an I.I. Captain there, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was expecting. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I just did the next line. It's been so long since you've seen Spongebob. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Thank you for joining that song from that movie, The Journey Through the Very Best and Worst of Movie Songs. I am your haunted, or bewitched, or some such fiddle-faddle host, Dietrich, and we're joined by the most beautiful creature on four legs, Alex. <laughs> Didn't even know how to respond to that, but thank you for the compliment, Dee, and... Uh... Yeah, let's just move on. You've finally done it, D. You've stumped him. Okay, well, I'll move on then. So, um, <laughs> and we're also joined by, if he doesn't scare you, no evil thing will, Ben. Yeah, yeah what's that? I'm just the the <laughs> the pedestal on top of which there is nothing worse at this time of Halloween than looking at my visage. Halloween? That was like two weeks ago. Damn! Stupid recording <laughs> system. <laughs> Merry Christmas. That's probably a safer bet, and happy Thanksgiving to all our American listeners. Yep. <laughs> and a crazy Kwanzaa. And a bloody brilliant Black Friday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It may as well be a national, like a world holiday now. <laughs> What's going to happen with that now? Well, it'll still happen online. Just well, online. To do it online, yeah. Well, that's pathetic. I, did, I never did anything different anyway. Just woke up at five in the morning to buy things I don't need. Are you one of those crazy people who was, like, storming the supermarket bin to get, like, uh, £10 off a TV? That was £20 off last week. Yeah, standing on people's heads, stuff like that. Any excuse to do so? <laughs> yeah, you're just there for the thrill. <laughs> just windmilling. Go in with nothing, come out with nothing. <laughs> so obviously, this is the part where I would normally say, what films have you been watching? But I think it's time we just expanded it to, what have you been watching this week? Birds. As in? Not the film, just outside. The actual thing? <laughs> I miss outside. I want, no, to be fair, I watched The Boys. So if we do expand that, I finished watching that. Is it any good? I've not started that. I keep hearing good things. You've not watched the first season either? No. I'd say it's definitely up your street. I didn't think it was going as well the second season, but it finished well. So yeah, I think both seasons are very good. In a very different take on the superhero genre. Cool. And I will not spoil. Thank you. Thank you. Bearing in mind when we recorded this, the first episode of season two of The Mandalorian dropped last night. I have not watched the first season. (laughs) I have watched the first season, but I have not watched any episode. What did you think of the first series? Obviously, no spoilers. 
I thought it was pretty good, actually. I wasn't expecting much. Yeah. People sort of said it was slow pace, which maybe it is, but I guess that kind of works with with. Story. I thought that was the best thing about it. Yeah. It took its time to do things. It didn't try to be like the uh, Star Wars films where it's like, da, 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 sort of thing. Yeah. All over the place. It was, It took its time. And every episode does kind of feel like its own sort of like micro film in a way, doesn't it? Like they all, they yeah. all sort of have like a beginning, middle and end. I liked it, yeah. I was actually pretty impressed by it, much, much more so than I thought I would be. Yeah. Well, season two is, at the point of recording, is more of the same. Yeah. But I didn't expect anything else. I, I, I felt like they would keep it up because it seems like they've got a formula and they're working well with it. So it doesn't surprise me. Have you watched anything this week, Alex? Um, I haven't watched any films, actually. It's a good job we expanded it to TV shows, isn't it? It is a good job, yeah. <laughs> I think we finished watching Succession. Have you guys watched that? No. Well, I haven't even heard of it. It's pretty much the best TV show out there at the moment. I think it won It won quite a few of the Emmys. I think the guy who created it was one of the writers on Peep Show, but it is an American like HBO type big deal thing. But it's sort of it's it's kind of like Murdoch family, you know, like the Murdoch Empire, like they yeah. own like Fox and Sky and whatnot. So it's kind of like a, f- a family in their mold, where it's like there's like an old patriarch who's at the head of the corporation, yeah. And then like there's like he's got like three kids, and it, they're all sort of like vying to take over after him. It's absolutely amazing. It sounds like you're describing the TV show Empire. Does it have songs as good as the TV show Empire? <laughs> it, it's not musical, no, unfortunately. No. Just go watch Empire then. But it is absolutely <laughs> I'd love that for a rationale for why you would would or wouldn't watch something. Oh, it's great. Well, yeah, has it got songs though? Yeah. Why not watch an Empire then? <laughs> Every single show has got songs, no. Then why not watch an Empire? Two out of ten, not Empire. Because I'm watching Nashville instead. Venice, you? that show did go off a cliff after the first series. What, Empire or Nashville? <laughs> Empire. Yeah, well, and Nashville, really. But yeah, I would wholeheartedly recommend Succession if you haven't already watched yeah, it. Yeah, give it's it like it's like it's like pretty much. The, I'm surprised you haven't heard of it. It's like the biggest TV show in the world right now. I'm really bad with TV shows. I often think like, yeah, well, same. ten episodes, I could watch five films. <laughs> well, what's good about this as well is there's only two seasons, so it doesn't take long to catch up. I think there's something I like more about miniseries than just the sort of consistent, you know, like eight seasons of Vikings or whatever it is. Yeah, those things put me off. I know what you mean. I don't know if you guys have watched The Watchmen there. Uh... Oh, no, I've not watched it yet. I keep meaning to. It's absolutely amazing, oh, and it's great. like it's all the better for the fact that it's only like eight episodes and done. Yeah, um, I think they've already said they're not going to do a new season, but it's uh, Damon Lindelof actually did. Yeah, yeah, I want to say. Of course, it's fantastic. It's from the writers of Lost. Yeah, well, uh, it, it, let's, it, let's move on before <laughs> before D starts <laughs> talking about Lost. Yeah. Okay. Guess we'll crack on with the episode. <laughs> so today's episode is all of the songs. Sort of from 101 Dalmatians. So to find out what was happening in the world when the movie came out, it's over to you, Dietrich. Thanks, Dietrich. Does it even need us? Honestly, 1961, January, is not a good time to find news for. <laughs> is that are we, mo- are we moving on then? <laughs> is that again? Yeah, no <laughs> yes, the, the news was 101 Dalmatians came out. Yep. Good year. Which I would like to pretend is a joke, but everywhere I looked, that seemed to be the main news story. So I've got three. They're all very... Um, Two are very Americanized, and one is like an actual sort of news story that we would normally talk about on this show. Is it wrestling? It's not wrestling, okay. actually. No, I, I found one news story about wrestling, but it was about the NWA. Oh, yeah, it's too obscure. Mm, nope. Right, so the flag of the United States of America, the number one nation in the world, of course, <laughs> was lowered for the last time at the U.S. Embassy in Cuba as diplomatic relations between the two nations ended. It's the Cuban Missile Crisis times. I forget, Alex, when was that? Yeah, it was. it's not far from that kind of time, yeah, definitely. Early 60s. I don't know the exact year. Maybe like 63, maybe? Yeah. What does that mean, lowering the flag? I mean, I know there's a big deal about the flag in America. 
<laughs> that is really weird about America. No, but like about it being touching the ground and things. And like, yeah. I remember when I was there every morning, we did Pledge of Allegiance at the flags outside. And I still remember it off by heart. Wait, so you had to do it? I had to do it. Yeah, well, I mean, we were kind of... Did you change the word flag to the Queen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, there was there was often uh, attempts to sing louder our national anthem. But I think you're doing it to try and get the kids to do it because... <laughs> So I think it's just that sort of enthusiasm. It's not like you have to do it. You've come on our land. You best pledge. I just find it odd. I couldn't imagine doing that the same. Like, you know, having my breakfast, going and standing outside and going, yep, I have flag. Yeah, well, it's like that bit in The Simpsons where they accidentally burned the British flag, the Union flag, sorry. And it's supposed to be like, oh, we're really sorry. It's like, it's an accident, who cares? Yeah. But to them, it's like, can you believe they burned the flag? Yeah. If anything, in this country, if you see a house with a flagpole and uh, an English flag in it, it's actually more worrying than it is anything. That's a house to avoid. And it's not around the World Cup or the... The World Cup is the only time you can get away with it, yeah. Yeah, maybe Olympics. Yeah. As long as it's a Union flag. Yeah, yeah. to be fair, if you, yeah, if you fly in the St. George flag in the Olympics, then you're, you're probably trying to send a different kind of statement. Yeah, again, it's worrying. <laughs> So the flag would not be raised again for another 54 years until Cuba decided they wanted to drink Coca-Cola or something more political that I didn't really care to look into. (laughs) Research. Interestingly, the three Marines that took down the flag in 1961 were on hand to raise the flag 54 years later. Thought was a nice little bow. It sounds like when you say took down, I've got them like this image of them like looking through binoculars at the flag and then like doing the clicks and just with a sniper rifle. (laughs) Target down. I like the idea that they just stayed there until they thought they could put it back up again 54 years later. That's all I've got on that. So in the world of sport, the first ever NFL playoff bowl was held in Miami, Florida. The match saw the losers of the NFC and AFC Championship games face each other in essentially a third-fourth playoff match. Does that wet your whistle, Alex? Absolutely would you not. Excited no. for that? No, I would not. No, it's like when you know when they have the third-place player for the World Cup. Nobody cares. Why even bother? You do get nothing for finishing third. So what's the point? Well, you you have good company in the shape of NFL legend Vince Lombardi, good. who referred to the match as the shit bowl, <laughs> and going on to describe it as a losers bowl for losers. Yeah, <laughs> but he wasn't done there. <laughs> All right, okay. So a few years later, he referred to the playoff bowl as a hinky-dink football game <laughs> held in a hinky-dink town, played by hinky-dink players, that's all second place, and totally hinky-dink. He's a big fan of the repetition. Yep. Pretty wow. nice to hammer home the message. Yeah, and does. I think we got it. He doesn't like it. <laughs> hinky-dink was clearly the word on his toilet roll that morning. Hinky <laughs> clearly. <laughs> in 1970, the playoff bowl was eventually scrapped by the equally boring Pro Bowl, which remains a boring part of the NFL season to this day. Again, nobody cares. Yeah, it's a it's a nothing match that means nothing. No, I'd go as far as to say it's hinky-dink, personally. <laughs> and our final piece of news, and by far the most interesting, Ham the Astro Chimp. A 37-pound male chimpanzee was rocketed rocketed into space aboard the Mercury Redstone 2 in a test of the Project Mercury capsule. Do you think they told people about the fact that all the monkeys that came back from space came back super intelligent? (laughs) So this is how it started. Is that that from the dawn of the rise of the born of the planet of the apes? Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's the opening scene. (laughs) So he was in space for 16 and a half minutes, which demonstrated to NASA that the capsule could safely carry humans into space. So did the monkey survive? I'm guessing not. Yeah, it did, yeah. What, what it landed? How? <laughs> With sheer ingenuity and skill. It had like a joystick, which was a banana, and it kept grabbing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just kept pulling it, and it worked. He got one injury from his trip to and from space, and that was upon landing in the ocean, he accidentally bumped his nose, and it bruised. Oh. He lived uh, to about 40 years old, living at Cincinnati Zoo, and then died peacefully. 
Did he ever punch a reporter for saying that it was all fake and a hoax? (laughs) (laughs) I hope he did. The other major thing that happened in 1961, January 1961, was the release of the Disney animated classic 101 Dalmatians. It was directed by Clyde Geronimi, Hamilton Lusk, and Wolfgang Reitherman. Wow, what a collection. Three great names. (laughs) And was based on the 1956 book of the same name by Dodie Smith. Which is not as impressive as a name. No, it's still pretty good. Dirty. Ain't no Wolfgang, though. <laughs> but who is? Who has, a, who has a name that could rival that? Clyde Geronimi, maybe? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it Clyde? Could be any other, you know, any other name would have accentuated it a little bit more. No, I, th- I think it's, it hits the right balance. Oh, do you think? To so fair, the yeah. one syllable followed by the... Like, yeah, it gives yeah, exactly. you that sort of, like, base to jump off of. Yeah, like Flex Fight Master. <laughs> sure. <laughs> So I'm sure we all know the plot of 101 Dalmatians, but I'd be doing the podcast a disservice if I didn't read out the plot synopsis. So, Dalmatian Pongo is tired of his bachelor dog life. He spies the lovely Pedita and manoeuvres his master Roger into meeting Pedita's owner, Anita. The owners fall in love and marry, keeping Pongo and Pedita together. This allows Pongo and Pedita to get it on doggy style. <laughs> After Pedita gives birth to a litter of 15 puppies, Anita's old school friend, Cruella de Vil, offers to buy them, but Roger declines the offer. So Cruella hires the criminal Baden brothers to steal them so she can have a fur coat. So obviously, we've seen this movie. So what do you guys think of this movie? And has your opinion of the movie changed as you've got older? It was one I watched quite a lot of as a child and I I sometimes think like did I watch the ones I liked the most or did I just watch the ones I had the VHS of I think it was just whatever was available when I was a kid as I got older I thought it's kind of paled in comparison to some of the other Disney films but we watched it I don't know maybe about six months ago maybe a bit longer it's it is quite entertaining I think it's the it's these sort of films I think like I'm trying to think of other similar like Lady and the Tramp or certain parts of Peter Pan the sort of Mm -hmm. clipped British accents I find hilarious. <laughs> Bongo old boy! You know, those sort of... <laughs> those things. It's I just, a good impression. That I just find good, really, really funny looking back. And the Twilight Bark, I think it is. Yeah, Twilight Bark. Which, you know, all those kind of things I just find hilarious. So I think I get a different level or a different kind of enjoyment from it now. Oh, what about you, Alex? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think... I went to Dallas. I think I watched it maybe like a year ago. Was this on Disney Plus? Sponsors. <laughs> It wasn't, unfortunately, because it wasn't live. If it if it had been, it would have been on Disney Plus. Yeah. Sponsors. Sponsors. For me, I think actually it's my favourite aesthetic Disney film in terms of what it looks mm, like. Interesting. Out of all of the, yeah, the entire collection. I think it just looks amazing, this one. I mean, obviously not the VHS version I had from the, you know, <laughs> from whatever day you know, <laughs> was from. That did not look great. But when you watch it now, it looks amazing. Out of out of every Disney film, it has this really distinct art style. The other one that came out about the same time was The Sword and the Stone. Yeah. Which afterwards, yeah. we watched relatively recently as well, and that was terrible. Like, that did not hold up to rewatching for for me. That's kind of... I don't know, the two next to each other, this one just looks so incredible. But I think in terms of the story, it's, it's good. It's not a very long film, is it, if I remember rightly? I think it's quite short. I think it's like maybe just yeah, over an hour. that's right. A lot of those films were around that runtime. Yeah, they did used to be a lot, lot more digestible than they are now, maybe. But for me, it's, it's one of my favourite ones, actually. And I think even when I rewatched it, it still is, yeah. Interesting that you brought up the art style, because it's one of the few things I don't like about the film. Oh, really? Yeah. Me and my wife have been going through all the Disney classic films in order of their release. I think the one that precedes this is Sleeping Beauty, which has like some of the best animation, which rivals stuff that comes out today. 
Yeah. And then you go from Sleeping Beauty that has these like beautiful painted backdrops to this where it looks like somebody, well, actually, I know for certain, was photocopying cells to save money. <laughs> yeah, they were. But I like that kind of, I don't know, it's a bit, it's almost like collage or like some sort of. Yeah. But it, I, I don't know, I just think it has like a really cool vibe. I think it does, maybe it's because it's like, it doesn't feel as like over the top, like a grand, like grandiose or something like yeah, Sleeping yeah. Beauty. Which I'm sure was probably on purpose. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I, it, it feels very much of the 60s, and I just kind of like that vibe. Walt Disney was not a fan of the arts animation in this film. Yes, I've read that before. He wasn't a fan of most things in this film, actually. Really? Yeah. How? When did he die, Walt Disney? Was it, like, is it around this time? or? Um, it's a good question, which is annoying, because I recently watched a documentary about the Florida Project, where it talked about him dying, and now I can't remember. It, was, it must have been early 70s? I'm Googling, I'm Googling. 66, so it was actually mid-60s. Okay, so yeah, not much longer. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I remember around this time there was a lot of talk about the animation studios closing down, I think, just because they yeah, weren't doing very right. well at the box office, were they? I don't know if this changed anything, but I know around this time they were questioning whether to just close animation altogether. Yeah, so I believe that Sleeping Beauty did quite poorly at the cinema, and they were thinking of just either selling off or just closing completely the right. animation studio. The reason why this film was, like I said before, was photocopied cells was to save money. Thankfully, it did really well at the cinema. It was like one of the biggest films of the year that it managed to save the animation studio and they decided it was worth carrying on. Because at the time, I think Disneyland had opened and they saw the future in live action in theme parks in terms of revenue and thought the animation studio could just be left as an expensive project on the side. Yeah. Yeah, I did I did feel like I'd read before that this like film was one of the ones that sort of changed around the fortunes of the animation studio. Yeah. So yeah, that does make sense. So I've got a piece of trivia here about the film before we go talking about the songs. So somebody, and I question the validity of this, but somebody apparently has counted every single black spot in the film, <laughs> frame by frame. One guess each, how many spots do you think there are in the entire film? Bearing in mind that, like, each frame would be a new set of dots. Oh, so, like, every... Yeah. So, not, like, how many... That that dog has eight dots. It's how many times that dog's on, so eight, then eight, then eight, then eight, sort of thing. Yes. Bloody hell. Um... And is it literally just spots on dogs? Is that is that what it's counting? Presumably. That's what it says. <laughs> right. As I said, I question the validity of this, but this is the official trivia, apparently. Presumably, like, in the hundred thousands or something. <laughs> I'll go 18,000. Okay. I'm going to say, like, 300,000. You're both way off. Is it millions? It's 6,469,952. <laughs> Rubbish. Rubbish. Which breaks down into an average of 72 spots on Pongo, 68 in Pedita, and roughly 32 on each pup. I suppose if you take it literally by cell by cell, that's like what, but how like, frame do you by count frame. this thing? Well, it's, it's, I mean, I know computers can do a lot, but get your computer to do something else. <laughs> like I said, I questioned whether or not it was real, but... I've seen it in multiple places, including from Disney themselves. So I've included it on the podcast, so nobody can complain that I didn't. It's probably one of those things that they know no one will ever check. So. That is a good point, yeah. Yep, it's like that, uh, like that list I did about the deaths in Disney films. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's not go back over that again, I'm so furious. Oh god, your top five isn't like top five spots in the film or something, is it? Oh, quickly scrambles on notes. <laughs> so we'll move on to the songs, because we've got three to cover. And we'll go through them in chronological order, which I'm sure is not what you expected. No, but I like it. So all the songs are written by Mel Levin, name not as good as the director's names. He wrote all three songs and wrote three other songs, which were rejected. So the three that are in the film, they're all justified in-universe. Roger is singing two of them because it's his job right, to sing, and one's a TV advert. Okay. Oh, right, yeah. The three that were removed were all like actual sort of the dogs sing sort of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
So it was a choice, like almost like a stylistic choice to get rid of the musical numbers and make it more into an actual sort of grounded film. So I guess this movie could have been very different like in another universe. Yeah, it is. It does kind of stand apart from a lot of the early Disney films, doesn't it? In terms of the, in terms of the songs, like you said, because they're actually sort of within the film rather than being like an expression of emotion. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So the first song we'll talk about is probably the most well-known song, Cruella de Vil, which is performed by Bill Lee. That name's nowhere near as good as the director's name. <laughs> <laughs> every every single name from now on. They all get more disappointing from now on. Who no. <laughs> only did the singing voice for Roger. It's easily the most recognisable of the three songs in 101 Dalmatians. So, straight up, what do you think of this song? <laughs> it is good. I mean, it's not really, um, like, because like you said, like, it's included in the film. I don't think any of the songs, really, in this film exceed one minute. I, I, I mean, maybe this one does in terms of the scene length, because there's a part in the middle where Cruella de Vil comes in. And he's like aggressively playing instruments in the Ike, <laughs> which which is a, is a great moment. But I think it's a it's a pretty cool song, isn't it? It feels um, very um, jingly. But I guess all three of the songs that we're going to discuss are a bit like they almost feel like advertisement jingles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it's sixties, but maybe they have more of like a fifties vibe. It's certainly reminding me of like mm. scenes from Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's a very cool song. I think it, it's been covered about a billion times. Probably it's got like a bit of a swing vibe, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it does. Um, yeah, like the yeah. crooners all like sort of do it. Like I can imagine the Michael Bublé doing a version. <laughs> A Christmas version. A Christmas version. The version that did really stand out to me when I looked, searched uh, just the song name on, on uh, YouTube, there was a version by Selena Gomez. I don't know if oh, you guys yeah. heard I, saw, that. I did see that, yeah. <laughs> awful. Truly <laughs> awful. I, <laughs> it was kind of like they tried to like do like a pop punk rocky version of it. Oh, it was so cringe. I don't, really. to, I don't want to go she, back. But she's wearing an outstanding trilby hat in the video. I, I think it said it was from 10 years ago, but I mean, it could well have been earlier than that. It looked earlier than that. <laughs> I did see one sort of, it was more of like a remix or like a rap version by a guy called Huey Mac, I think it was. I'm not going to talk much about it, but search that one if you want a surprise. <laughs> what about you, Ben? What do you think of the song? Quite similar, I guess, in a way. I like the blues element of it. It's kind of quite like sort of toe tapping. But I always kind of judge them like we, there's a Disney playlist that we always play in the car, like when we're traveling long distances, usually when I'm traveling back to Leeds. It's a different mood to what I often attribute to the general Disney music or musical numbers. I don't know if it's the difference that I enjoy about it, or sometimes I just don't think it's it fits right in that world of Disney songs. It's just it's very separate, almost slightly like the Aristocats ones, just at a slower beat. There's something around yeah. this time. It's just like that different. It plays a lot more on the music of the time, whereas I think the others are kind of just very sort of sometimes wispy ballad numbers or you know just a bit more exposition focused like you know we've just zoomed out of the film to tell a bit more about how the character's feeling whereas these do fit very much in the film in the story in the time of when 101 Dalmatians came out and yeah I find that quite interesting but it's not one I go back to it's not one I quickly think of yeah I love busting that one out while I'm driving it's not one that's going on the Spotify playlist. No, no, it's it's not one of the first ones to get on there, no. But it is, I think it would, it's definitely one of the most instantly recognisable ones, <laughs> isn't yes. it? Because obviously the first line is just Grow the Bill. And I think yeah. everyone immediately will know what film it's from. I even, think even you wouldn't even have to say the words. I think you could just go, da-da-da-da-da, and people would know exactly what it is. Yeah, true. Very true. I'll test that later. 
I mean, and as well, if like an Oscar could go to an animation, like his his uh, performance in this scene is just outstanding. Very spindly. <laughs> He's very limmy, isn't he? He is very limmy. That's very much of the animation of the time as well. I think they're just there's, it's like they're puppets on strings, and the strings have been sort of emptied out. <laughs> So Cruella de Vil was the very first song that Mel Levin was tasked to write after joining Disney. He worked for another animation company and Walt Disney was convinced by other people to bring him into the fold. So it's time for you guys to guess how long he was given to write Cruella de Vil, the song, in minutes. One, oh, in minutes? Yeah. Um, 38. Okay. Ben? 10. Alex is closer. He was given 45 minutes before he had to present it to Walt Disney himself. Well, that's pressure. Yep. Came out with Cruella de Vil, so he did pretty well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Now what I'm imagining is the scene where Roger creates the song is the scene of the guy writing the song. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Apparently he wrote three versions of the same song, all with the same lyrics, just like a slightly different. One was more bluesy, one was more bebop, it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, like shoop shoop. Oh, right, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. That kind of stuff. Clearly Walt Disney was all right with it because he picked it. Though he did ask the Sherman Brothers to write a song on the side without telling anybody else. But that didn't get put in the film. It didn't get put in the film eventually, no. I think it's mostly because Walt Disney wasn't there for the entire production. He would turn up for like story meetings and production meetings now and then, but mostly he was occupied with trying to set up while doing the plans for Walt Disney World, Epcot and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I thought you were going to say he was busy building his cryogenesis chamber. Well, maybe. (laughs) So the song is heard again in another Dalmatians film, and that is the sequel, 101 Dalmatians 2, Patch's London Adventure. I guess, first of all, have we seen that film? No. I'm hoping the answer's no. I think I have seen it. I think I actually have Eight seen it. Was, was, there a, was there also a sequel, though, to the live-action version? There was, yeah. Called 102 Dalmatians. That's right, yeah. But we're talking about animation yeah. here, Alex. How dare you? Sorry. No, sorry. I, I was just thinking, like, wasn't the cartoon version also called 102 Dalmatians? But there was, apparently it was called 101 Dalmatians Patches Adventure, London Adventure. Yeah, it was. And it's one of the very few Disney straight-to-video, straight to I guess, at the time, movies that has a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? But in that film, Cruella gets into a car... Here's the song on the radio, which infuriates her, and so she decides to smash up the car radio. Does she still have that absolutely awesome badass car from the from the film? Is it the same? I've not seen it. No, I mean from the from you, you've not seen no, as in the car from 101 Dalmatians. She has that like really awesome like sort of rolls. Well, yeah, yeah, but I've not seen 101 Dalmatians two patches London Adventure. Oh, so you don't know if it's the same car? Yeah, we will have to do that film in, at some point in the future because it actually has its very own tie-in song sang by Will Young. <laughs> when was this film from? Like 2003 or yeah, something. Yeah, like 2003. Bang on. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alex pretending he doesn't know Will Young's discography off the top of his head. <laughs> well, what is the song? I don't know. We'll cover that in a future episode. Okay, I look forward to it. Which, uh, that brings us close to my Coral de Ville section, which now means we get to move on to the juicy stuff. <laughs> Canine Crunchies was performed by Lucille Bliss, <laughs> who, in a piece of Disney cross-referencing, voiced Anastasia in Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, just a bit of trivia for you there. Alright, so bearing in mind, K9 Crunches is world-renowned for being one of the most iconic songs in Disney's, <laughs> and possibly all media history. What do you guys think of this song? Did you just do this episode so we could talk about K9 Crunches? No comment. I mean, it's like it's like effective marketing within marketing. It's a, it's a product they're advertising in a film which has inequivocally also impacted you on wanting to, after all these years, still talk about K9 Crunches. Please tell me that they made, they must have made a real product called Ken and Crunches at some point. They really should. Dee's eating it for his breakfast right now. Well, I was going to say they might have made like a human version. You know, like where they did Scooby Snack Series. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
I God, I hate those cereals. There's like the frozen ones and stuff like that. They're always they look terrible as well when you're in the supermarket. They really do. I remember there used to be a Sim- there was a Simpson cereal at one point. Did you guys ever try that? It was absolutely disgusting. I carumbos. Jaggy does. It was definitely called Icarumbos. It was awful. It tasted disgusting. And that's what the Scooby Snack one tasted like. It tasted the same as that. Listeners, I'd just like to remind you, Alex eats so much food that for him to say something is awful is a real marker for something. Oh, it's a vegetable. <laughs> oh, it's a vegetable, yeah. yeah. yeah was that what it was? Was it just sprouts in water? Maybe. <laughs> in milk. Maybe it was like cooked in vegetable oil. <laughs> it's, your, it's your parents <laughs> trying to get you to eat veg. It's Simpson cereal, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> broccoli in a bowl. It's just the broccoli <laughs> with Marge's face on it. <laughs> I can't help but notice that neither of you have given your opinion of the greatest song in Disney's back catalogue, Canine Crunchies. I literally, I can only remember Canine Crunchies. And that's about it. My, my greatest takeaway from this song is that it comes after possibly the best scene of 101 Dalmatians with Thunderbolt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thunderbolt. <laughs> Which is a show that I would definitely watch. It looks awesome. Even if it had a tie-in cereal. Do we actually ever find out what happens to Thunderbolt where he falls off the into the waterfall? I don't know if you ever see the closing mm, part of that. Maybe that's brought up in 101 Dalmatians 2, Patch's London Adventure. Oh, you, I bet. <laughs> you know Alex, as if you don't know already. <laughs> I genuinely haven't seen this film. <laughs> it's my favourite film. I'm expecting a Thunderbolt and Woody's Roundup crossover. Oh, oh yeah. 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 You're very much of the same mould. I think this to go to the to, if we actually are going to come to and that is a genuine opinion that you have. <laughs> actually, I know. I feel. I feel like you, after what you said about the song, you should have to justify why it's, it holds that position and not use Roger Ebert quotes. Uh, no, it's, it's a fantastic piece of uh, jazz music where the words fit perfectly on the beat of the song. Yeah, music. <laughs> That's always got Alex. That's always got. <laughs> That's always good. It, I mean, it's very, it was obviously very catchy. You can't yeah, so it's that. written as a jingle, and you both grew up with dogs. Yeah. So the question it really is: Would you have bought nutritious canine crunchies for your dog? <laughs> Just on the <laughs> first of all, of I song. never bought the food, uh, and I don't know. Win a lot's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a brand of dog meat. Uh, uh, dog meat. I think it's Wilco's. <laughs> I don't know why. It just makes it sound like you're just grabbing random food. Dog meat. <laughs> Dog meat. There's a brand. Of, well, you're not going to enjoy this, Ben, because there's a brand of dog meat at Wilco's called Ben. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my dad used to refer to it when when you came around to the house. Sometimes Ben the dog. It <laughs> <laughs> does sound like your dad. So this is legitimately one of one of the three songs from the film. Like as an actual sort of, it's not part of the score. It's it's a fully written song. But what it actually is is my wife's favorite Disney song. <laughs> really? Well, one of one of. <laughs> The rest are in Mulan. I wish I was joking that every time she hears it, she will sing it for weeks. <laughs> I, I, would just, I would just be like, sat watching something and uh, just going. <laughs> I can imagine her doing the voice. Yeah. I think it's. Is it the? Lo- I bet it's the longest song in the film as well, isn't it? It feels like it. It feels like it for D. It's been going on for, for like the last ten years. <laughs> Yeah, I think in terms of how much of the actual song is played in the film, it's the longest. But in terms of the full, fully fleshed songs like available on like the soundtrack and Disney compilation albums, the shortest of the three. Oh right, okay. Is Roly the dog that's at the screen, or is that a different dog? No, that's, that's lucky. Yeah. That's lucky. And then Roly's just the yeah, yeah Roly is I'm the fan. I'm, I'm guessing your top five isn't the name of the dogs. It's not, but I was tempted. <laughs> yeah, well, Roly, Patch, Penny. I'm now glad I did. Pongo and Pedita. I got three. 
Colonel. <laughs> he's not one of the Dalmatians, but he's a dog. <laughs> oh, uh, something I didn't mention. So what colour are the dogs in the film? As in the Dalmatians. Is this like whether they're black with with whites <laughs> or, or are they white black with white, white, white No, it's not, it's not that kind of scenario. It's basically what I'm asking is, do you think they're white because they're not? What, the yellow? They're grey because they were worried when you got to the oh, snow yeah, scene gray. that they would just blend into the background or it would accidentally burn out projectors in the 1960s in cinemas <laughs> because it was so much light. So they had to tone down the colour of the dogs. That is a fact. Yeah. I like that. I do wonder whether or not they would go back, well, not go back, but whether or not they would change it now um, via the magic of computers, make them white with black dots. They possibly already have. Maybe. And I I would be surprised if the TV show wasn't just white with black dots and nobody realised. And that's one of the many TV shows. Did you watch the the animated show as a kid? That's in the one that was a TV show when we were children. I did not. No, I wasn't even aware of it. I thought you were still talking about Thunderbolt. No, no. No, I remember it existing. <laughs> yeah, it was on Dig It every Saturday morning. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's the reason I didn't watch it. Literally, exclusively three channels, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, Fox Kids, and Rotate. And maybe when they at nine o'clock when they became Paramount Comedy, TCM, and something else I've forgotten about. Challenge? It might have been Challenge, yeah. Yeah, or Bravo. <laughs> Right, let's move on to the third and final song, which apparently is Alex's favourite, Dalmatian Plantation. <laughs> so, as with Cruella de Vil, the song was performed by Bill Lee. I told us the names weren't going to get any better, because they're the same. They're the same. Just to fill you in, listeners, Alex was apoplectic when I didn't mention this song in our WhatsApp chat about this film. So, Alex, and this better be worth it, what did you think of this song? <laughs> well, first of all, like you said we were doing the songs of 101 Dalmatian, and you just named two. There's only three songs in it. I mean, like, it's not much of a stretch. <laughs> to include the other one. I, I, I mean, all I really remember is the one line, but it's it, it always sticks in my head. And is, there, is there many more? No, there isn't many more in no, the film. I don't know film, if there's yeah. a... By what you said, you said it sounds like there must be an extended version. Correct. Right. It's quite a long song, actually. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that would change my opinion of it. I think what I, what I truly enjoy is just, is just the fact that Anita and Roger... They just don't seem that fussed about the fact that they've just gained a hundred, <laughs> yeah, well, they've know, gained yeah, what, eighty-four yeah. dogs or whatever it is. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, we'll just we'll just move and buy a farm, and we'll just have a Dalmatian plantation." And here's a song about it. <laughs> this is like what? And as well, I worry about the housekeeper because, like, what's her? What's is she going to move to the farm as well? You know, nanny or whatever, whatever her name is. Ben's favorite character. <laughs> the amount of dog poo she'll be having to clean. I know. It was well, already I mean, a lot with fifteen. Imagine the amount yeah. of Ben dog meat you're going to have to buy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the sort of like as you become an adult the f- when you watch back these kids films you're just like that's ridiculous that's stupid there is something really oddly satisfying though about when the nanny's dusting the dogs and the the, the, the soot comes off 100% it's, it's very very satisfying it's like a YouTube ASMR video yeah. <laughs> it's also not going on the floor it's just disappearing perfect it's just disappearing. perfect soot yeah it should be going on the other dogs <laughs> yeah imagine it's just a never ending loop that, maybe that's why they're, they're going to move out, because it's never going to clean off that. That soot is never going to come out of all the furniture. Well, it would be a sensation. Yeah, a damaged plantation. It's a very joyous ending to the film, I think. It's a bit twee. And Roger, yeah, Roger gets like his uh, his guile back, his his humour, his, uh, his jig. I enjoy that, because like I said, I, I really appreciate when he's doing his Corella Deville action before. Yeah. So I, I like to see him filled back with that life from the beginning of the film. The beginning of the film is is a, is a bit like weird. He's a bit like uh, holed up in like an attic or something and doesn't want to go outside and doesn't want to meet anybody. Yeah. So I feel I feel like this is a real story for Roger. Yeah, it's like 101 Dalmatians or how Roger got his groove back. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. Or it's one of those sort of scary minority report things in which he's actually still in his room and he's just fantasizing uh, in a lost yeah. world of never ending dogs. <laughs> he's entered the dog oasis. Is it? Uh, I'm thinking of ending things, Ben. Oh, no, that kind let's, of not, let's not talk about that, though. <laughs> <laughs> not again. But yeah, I like that too, and so. And I think it, is a, it would have been a shame not to at least include it. And so we have. And what about you, Ben? Yeah, I remembered it. <laughs> High praise. Like I say, the best part of it is once the dogs arrive, Roger starts congratulating Pongo that he sired another 84 pups. <laughs> <laughs> and Pongo doesn't deny. <laughs> Not that he could because he's a dog, but... And Padita doesn't question it. <laughs> yeah. Pongo, you rascal. <laughs> so we did briefly mention it there. Only the first four lines of the song are actually heard in the movie. And even that is spoken over by Rowley asking for food. Do yes. you think that's a sign that this is the weakest of the three songs? Because <laughs> it is. Well, does he not speak over the Canine Crunchies song as well? I don't think so. Somebody like goes up to the screen. There's definitely an interruption in it. I watched it earlier. It's kind of it's kind of an interesting uh, Disney film for us to have chosen because I feel like in terms of the strength of the songs, it's kind of it's not a key component of the film, as we sort of discussed at the beginning. Personally, I would say the Canine Crunchies is the worst. But that's not, not going to go down well with you, D. Okay. Okay, yeah. I think it's certainly not as good as Cruella de Vil. I mean, it's stupid to even compare them. <laughs> well, <laughs> no offence. Hang fire, because we have an entire segment still to come where you pick the best and worst. <laughs> no, no, just the best. You pick the best. I know, I just did. When we put this, when we put this Twitter poll out, <laughs> people are gonna laugh at us. <laughs> now, no, I'm not. I'm not even gonna set myself up because the contrarians out there are just gonna be like, "Well, now I'm gonna do it. Screw you." Ken and Crunches. Clearly, well, I know which one I'm voting for. Dalmatian Plantation. <laughs> I mean, Ken and Crunches is already gonna have at least one vote for my wife. So, <laughs> <laughs> to round this off, I've got an idiot's genius for Dalmatian Plantation. <laughs> Slightly different this week. Genius, as well as doing like lyrical explanations, it also lets you do like an overall song description, like an overall song summary. This was the only one that had one of these, so I thought I'd share it with you guys. So this is a summary of what the song's about. <clears throat> a song. Is that is that it? Is that it? <laughs> That's it. So, somebody's taken the time to write a song. There's further examples of why these should not be even compared. <laughs> what are you saying that the other two are not songs? No, no, nothing. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, it's in my head now. That's the thing. I'm just have a Is there something odd about the fact that Roger's first thought is like, "We'll make a plantation." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Free labor. Yeah, is he planning to like sell like I don't know, like coffee or sugar, or is he like? I don't think the commodities of London are coffee and sugar. To be fair, you'd have to be shipping these dogs. <laughs> is that what the? Is that what the second one's about? That Lucky's escaped this sort of massive. Lucky. Not lucky, whatever it's called. Patch. Oh my god, just move on. Okay, we'll move on. It's, it's time for Ben's top five. Oh, why is it me? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Went very basic this time. Not the names of the dogs. I did have that list, but it is now gone. Instead, very simple, straightforward. You should be able to get this as the Disney aficionados that you are. Again, as I always do, as I am an avid believer in this segment, went through various lists on the internet compiled them in a database <laughs> some very serious serious websites what are the top five fan favorite dogs in disney film i've included pixar just because a lot of lists did include pixar doug doug yeah doug is number one 
Um, well, what are the names of the dogs in Lady? Well, I mean, a lady is called Lady. I can't remember what the tramp dog is called. It's, uh, <laughs> tramp. 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 Tramp is number four. What, so what lady is not in the list? The lady's not on the list. That's harsh. Ponga? Ponga is not on the Pong- list. There is no dog from 101 Dalmatians. A film exclusively about dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get, like, Pluto out of the way and people like that. Pluto is number three. Yeah, that's the thing. Goofy was in, in in quite a lot of lists at number one, but then a lot of lists explicitly stated he's not a dog. He's a cow. <laughs> what that's is not he? a joke. It's a cow. It's a he's cow. a cow. Well, then why is he in so many lists of being a dog? I don't know. People are idiots. He's a cow. He's actually a cow. Yeah. Also, let's just take let's just take a, a quick second to say the Goofy movie is absolutely fantastic. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. There's literally one. For the first time, you might actually finish a list. Um, the dog from Pocahontas. No. No. <laughs> the one from Toy Story. No. Spike. No. no. Oh, Bolt. No. Bolt's not in it. Bolt's, Bolt's not know. in it. No. Bolt's a great film. It's one of the few good films around that era of Disney films. The Hound from Fox and Hound. There we go. Copper. Copper, that's it. Yeah, you went. You eventually were running out of dogs, to be fair. <laughs> Wait, have we got them all? Was that the last one? Yeah. Doug, Copper, oh, Pluto, oh. Tramp, Goofy. I feel like I'm ascending to a higher level of consciousness. <laughs> I've escaped my list hell. Back to you, Dietrich. Ben will be back next week with another list for all of you. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> If it doesn't crush his soul in the meantime. It is the list segment, the Toy Story 4 of the podcast. Well, let's not go there. <laughs> I don't sometimes I don't sometimes wake up at one in the morning thinking, oh crap, I haven't seen Toy Story 4 as I do with this list. I watched it again the other day. It's pretty good, actually. I think I should give it a go. I'm going. Bye-bye. Right, so now it's time to decide what is the best song. This shouldn't take very long. Alex, what is the best song of the 101 Dalmatians? K9 Crunches. Correct. Ben, what is the quick... <laughs> Alex, what is the, what is the best song? It's Corella de Vildi. It's, it's, it's basically pointless. <laughs> it's a pointless question. Please don't disrespect this segment. No, it's really, it's truly, it's truly the most important question in my life right now. Yes, yes. Uh, what about you, Ben? What's the best song? If, assuming you're still there, of course. <laughs> Okay, I will take that as Ken and Crunches. So that's one for Ken and Crunches and one for Corolla Deville. I will play it sensibly and go with. Are, we, are you finished talking about it? <laughs> <laughs> my yeah, yeah, we have. So you voted for Ken and Crunches by proxy, which makes it <laughs> my vote now Corolla Deville. So it's it's a two-one victory to Corolla Deville. Oh, it's close. Sensible choice from you, Ben. But you know, this time being the contrarian did not work out for you. <laughs> God, I'm so feeling. <laughs> Okay, that brings an end to another episode of that song from that movie. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to help us out, you can do that in one of three ways. One, you can follow and share this on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is whatben. T-S-F-T-M pod. Thank you. You can also help us by sharing this on a subreddit. Alex, what subreddit should it be this week? Um, Roger's Dalmatian Plantation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And the third and the most important way you can help us is on Patreon. Think of it as a tip jar. We want your money. I mean, we want your support. So go there, sign up. Why don't you go for the higher tier and show how much of a baller you are? Patreon.com forward slash TSFTM. So all that's left now is to do some goodbyes. So it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And goodbye from Alex. Anita darling. <laughs> and goodbye from Ben. Poppins! <laughs> so goodbye, everybody. Bye. Toodle pip.
Mummy, I'm hungry. But I'm hungry, mother. <laughs> it's so ghostly, do you not think? It's like a haunted child. It is, but yeah. I'm hungry, mother. <laughs> I haven't eaten in 12 years, mother.